freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Republic Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, February 14th, 2015. The show is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. Yes, folks, it is the artificially constructed quote-unquote holiday of Valentine's Day this evening, and I think it's quite appropriate because we have been talking about the war between the sexes on this show for the last few weeks, and I'll continue to discuss that topic here this evening. It's the topic that I call the elephant in the room, the thing that really no one really wants to get into and talk about, mind control that has been very specifically designed, engineered, and targeted toward women in our society to foment a war between the sexes. Uh, This is, of course, the neo-feminism agenda, and I call the neo-feminism agenda an example of an epi-eugenics operation. This is eugenics that is waged through mind control, and we're going to be getting into um, this evening how this can affect populations, how this can actually reduce population and act as a eugenics operation. Uh, I'm also going to be touching on um, perceptions of beauty and perceptions of attractiveness and intimacy and sexuality this evening as well. So we'll be getting deeper into the whole neo-feminism agenda and the types of mind control that are specifically targeted toward women in our society. I'll be taking calls in the third hour of the show. The call-in number to join us, 800-313-9443. Once again, if you'd like to get into the call-in queue early in the show, I'll be taking taking calls in hour number three. So the toll-free number to join us here on What on Earth is Happening is 800-313-9443. A couple of quick event announcements. Um, The Free Your Mind 3 conference is the huge event coming up 
in 2015 on the East Coast. Anybody who is into matters dealing with truth, enlightenment, human freedom needs to come out and check out this conference because it's going to have the best speakers and it's going to be the biggest event of its kind. The Free Your Mind 3 conference is taking place April 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2015 at the Sheraton Bucks County Hotel at 400 North Oxford Valley Road in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Langhorne is just outside the city limits of Philadelphia. It's a hop, skip, and a jump from the city. Uh, the, the venue is absolutely gorgeous, and uh, we're expecting to see uh, many more people than we're even at the first two For Your Mind events. Well, the first break is coming up, folks. I'll continue to tell people about the Free Your Mind 3 conference after these words. Stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. is happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the first break, I was telling everyone about the Free Your Mind 3 conference coming up April 10th, 11th, and 12th, just outside of Philadelphia in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. The speakers, the confirmed speakers for this year's Free Your Mind conference are as follows, Bob Tuscan, Clint Richardson, Curtis the Illuminated One Davis, Dennis McKenna, Derek Bros, Ed Fortune, the New Jersey Weed Man, Freighter X, Freeman, Fritz Springmeyer, Jay Parker, Janice Barcello, John Bush, John Vibes, Josie the Outlaw Wales, Laura Eisenhower, Lennon Honor, Luke Rudkowski, Mark Devlin, myself Mark Passio, Stuart Swerdlow, and the Anti-Media Panel. There will also be a panel discussion group with many of the speakers from the event. There will be open mic night sessions at the end of the night uh, for five to ten minutes each speaker, going for about two hours after the conference each night. And then, um, um, you know, uh, the, the, the tickets are on sale now, and you should go to the website and buy your tickets in advance to support this great event, because that's the best way that you could help the organizers to bring the speakers to the event, to lodge them for the duration of the event, and to help pay for the conference venue. All of this is extraordinarily expensive. I mean, I I tell people, look into what it really uh, takes to put a conference of this magnitude on, you know, and you'll understand that it's not done on the cheap. It's something that takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of 
a sacrifice of many, many, many free hours of work to get that accomplished and takes a lot of money to do it too because there's a lot of expenses involved. The best way anybody can support this event is to buy your tickets in advance. So go and get your tickets now. It's coming up only in a couple of months. The the all weekend pass is $150. That's the cheapest uh, conference ticket price that you'll find for a conference of this size and scope anywhere. And uh, for listeners of this show only, for listeners of What on Earth is Happening, uh, I've been informed by the conference organizers that are going to do a new promotional uh, code, a coupon code promotion uh, through the end of February. So for the next two weeks until the end of this month, you could use coupon code PASSIO, that's P-A-S-S-I-O, my last name, for $15 off Uh, Any ticket purchases of $100 or more through the end of February, through the end of this month, go to freeyourmindconference.com to get your tickets now. Freeyourmindconference.com. You don't want to miss Free Your Mind 3 coming up April 10th, 11th, and 12th, just outside of Philadelphia. I want to thank uh, John from the Philadelphia Liberty on the Rocks group for hosting my special presentation uh, that happened this past Tuesday on the Second Amendment here in Philadelphia. Uh, I gave a presentation called The True Meaning and Purpose of the Second Amendment. It went really well. Uh, It was a full house. It was standing room only. Um, We really packed people into the cafe in Center City, Philadelphia. And um, I think they really learned a lot. And I think it went uh, overall uh, as best as I could have possibly hoped. And uh, it was professionally video recorded um, with uh, good audio quality uh, recording as well. So uh, I will be uh, editing that footage and posting it to my website and YouTube channel very shortly. I don't want to give an exact date, but you know, probably within the next couple of weeks, hopefully, depending on how my schedule and my time goes over the next couple of weeks. So look for that coming very soon. Uh, I think the presentation really hit all the marks that I wanted to hit on, and I think people came out who did come out really learned a lot from it. Um, also, I'll be on the lookout uh, soon. I don't have an exact time frame, but I have been informed that the... Um, Uh, demystifying the occult seminar is being worked on Uh, the video is being edited as we speak so uh, that should be coming shortly as well although I don't have an exact time frame on that but that seminar is still uh, going to be uh, coming out and I will be posting that also to my site and my YouTube channel so stay on the lookout for that one as well There are still some What on Earth is Happening promotional t-shirts available uh, to receive one uh, as a gift in return for a voluntary donation uh, to What on Earth is Happening. Uh, You could check out the top of the news section of the website or you can click the first link in the latest news items on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website uh, to find out. uh, There's a little email link there. You could just click that. And, and it will uh, open up your email client so you could ask about how to receive a promotional t-shirt. Um, I'll be making some new t-shirts for the Free Your Mind conference as well. Uh, a great new design and uh, I think people will really like that and that'll be available at the Free Your Mind conference. I was going to attempt to get the uh, What on Earth is Happening book completed and published by the Free Your Mind Conference, although I think that's going to be a little bit too lofty of a goal. I'm hopefully targeting sometime mid-year. If I could possibly finish the editing 
um, by the time the conference roll, you know, rolls around beforehand and have enough time to get them printed, I'll attempt to do so. But more likely than not, I will not be able to have the books completed by the conference. And uh, we're, we're probably looking around mid-year sometime in June, maybe July, by the time uh, everything is really ready to go and uh, is finished being printed. But uh, I'll be announcing that, of course, uh, here on the radio show and on the website. Finally, uh, there is a uh, donation button on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website. If you feel you've received value from the information that I have shared on the site uh, and on this radio show, please feel free to make a voluntary donation to help support my work so that I can continue doing this well into the future. All right, that being said, the topic for this evening is uh, what we've been covering over the past few weeks and you know, I'll probably continue this for uh, at least through this week and maybe into next week. Uh, if Maybe I'll do an all-call-in show at some point as well on this topic because I think that always um, gets people thinking and uh, their questions you know, kind of uh, offer a lot of feedback for uh, how I'm presenting a topic. And uh, many listeners will often call in and really uh, bring up topics that I haven't even considered and you know, make a lot of very valid points. So, uh, you know, last week we got into this a lot deeper and we're, you know, I was talking about neo-feminism as a prime example of the Hegelian dialectic. And this is something that I want to reiterate so people understand where I'm coming from with this. I am not trying to further divide anybody or pit men against women or take a quote unquote side. What I am saying is that in a dialectical manipulation, it is only necessary for one side in that manipulation between two sides uh, to set them against each other. It is only necessary for one of those quote-unquote sides to buy into the lie, to buy into the manipulation. You know, once that happens, then, you know, uh, they go on the attack and then the dialectic works. You know, it creates the tension. It creates that uh, you know, offsetting of those two sides off against each other. And this is what people don't understand that, you know, um, I gave, you know, police as an example, you know, you could see how it's only necessary for the police to be manipulated to think of the public as a threat or an enemy because of some fake terrorist event. Okay. That, that was obviously a false flag operation. And then if they buy into that manipulation, Okay, and of course I'm referring to 9-11 in this example, but if they buy into that mental manipulation, the public doesn't necessarily even have to buy the lie that was sold. Okay, the police are still going to have that intention. They're still going to have that mindset. So in the war between the sexes, if just men were manipulated or just women were manipulated, the dialectic would still work because they're, they're going to be pitted against the quote opposite side. Really, there are no opposite sides. We're all in this together, and that's what I'm trying to explain to people by exposing this neo-feminism agenda. I'm trying to explain that this agenda is to set people off against each other so that they're easier to control through manipulation. And what I'm trying to do is offer a healing process, a healing methodology, and that healing method works through knowledge. That's how you make a diagnosis of what's wrong. You have to have the knowledge that this is an agenda and it is an example of very, very, very deeply well-planned social manipulation. This is social engineering at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? So, 
that's the first thing that we really have to understand is that this is about bringing people back together, not trying to separate them further. So I'm going to be continuing to get into what we've already covered a little bit as a, a little bit of a, a review and then some new material on the neo-feminism agenda coming up. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. You know the day destroys the night Night divides the day Try to run, try to hide Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side, yeah Welcome back everyone, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening I'm your host Mark Passio, my website whatonearthishappening.com We're continuing to... continuing to talk about the neo-feminism agenda as very distinct and separate from what I would refer to as classical feminism, which is about simple equality of rights under natural law and being treated as an equal in society, which I'm certainly all for for both sexes and for everyone. Uh, Neo-feminism is something altogether different with quite different hallmarks, which is about largely about manipulating women into uh, pitting them against men in society, and uh, it's done deliberately to foment a war between the sexes, and we're in the throes of that war, make no mistake about it, Uh, and what I'm trying to do is help people to understand where a lot of this uh, agenda came from, what it really is, so that we can actually move forward and recognize that this is a divide-and-conquer strategy, that this is a dialectical manipulation to try to weaken the population and ultimately really destroy our civilization. It's an example of what I call epi-eugenics. It's uh, going even beyond traditional eugenics because it's eugenics that is waged through mind control. It's waged through social engineering. Uh, In past weeks, I talked about the involvement of many think tanks in this agenda, in the neo-feminist agenda, Um, how this is um, brought about by institutions that have long been involved in mind control and social engineering like the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, the um, uh, think tank societies out of uh, London like the uh, Wellington House and Chatham House, uh, foundations here in the United States like the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, international type think tanks like the Council on Foreign Relations, the Club of Rome that's long been involved in eugenics operations. Uh, Marxist and socialist movement involvement, like the Frankfurt School, from which Antonio Gramsci, you know, came uh, and brought his plan about the long march through the cultural institutions in order to bring about a communist society. The Fabian Society, where we get the term Fabian Socialism, about incremental, creeping socialism. You know, these this, this is an agenda that is absolutely... Um, you know, brought into our modern culture through these types of agencies. Let's not leave out the intelligence agencies, folks, because the CIA's involvement in the neo-feminism agenda cannot be overstated. You know, it's something that I really didn't touch on much, but I want to mention that, you know, that's an oversight on my part not to bring up uh, U.S. intelligence agencies, especially the CIA, because clearly they've had deep involvement in the propagation of this agenda. Uh, And, you know, last week I went a little bit into the um, involvement of satanic organizations, dark occultism's involvement with uh, neo-feminism. 
Um, I gave the example of LeVay's book, The Satanic Witch, as an example of the manipulation of men by women in, in our society. How this whole neo-feminism agenda is really a satanic mindset. You know, it's, it's ultimately getting people to think in a satanic mindset, a divisive mindset. Uh, it is not about unity. It is not about coming together to create more strength. Uh, they don't want that in a population. They want us atomized and at each, each other's throats. And they always want us in a me, me, me mentality, not a mentality of what's really going on as a whole in the aggregate of our society. Are we looking at you know, what's really taking place regarding human rights, or are we just worried about our own stuff, you know, as, as just individuals, you know, and, you know, the mindset of the vast majority of people out there, folks, is me, me, me all day long from, from the minute they wake up until the minute they go to sleep at night. They're never thinking about what's going on on a wider scale. They're only focused on what can I do for me, you know, and that's it. And that, that is bringing people into a satanic mindset. They've done this culturally. It's, it's not, you know, something that's, you know, that's, uh, they're trying to accomplish. They've accomplished it. It's a matter now of how do we heal the psychology of most people so that we can get out of this satanic mindset that's leading to further and further enslavement. So, you know, we got into that a little bit last week. You know, I've been talking about the emasculation of men and why that's so important to destroy strong men in a, in a society. Once you destroy strong men, and you know, I, I, folks, I go out everywhere and I see the deep emasculation of humanity, of, of, of men within our society. It's appalling. It's appalling what most people think an authentic man is today. You know, there are hardly any authentic men. There are hardly any authentic women. I mean, we've been turned into something that barely even resembles a human being, quite frankly. Uh, you know, people can say that's harsh all they want, but it's true. You know, this idea of the totally social engineered being, what the dark occultists often refer to as the new man, that, that's actually one of their names for it. You know, this concept of we are going to mold people into the golem that we want them to be, the flesh robot, the flesh android, you know, uh, get them only focused on the self and the selfish base interests. And, you know, then they have the mind. And then once they have the, that mindset, they own your behaviors. People are out there not even understanding that most of their thoughts are not their own. And therefore, they've been turned into the, quote, new man, the new woman, the in inauthentic being. We'll pick this up on the other side of this break, folks. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're continuing to talk about the neo-feminism agenda as an example of what I call epi-eugenics. Eugenics waged through mind control. It's also a good way of bringing people into total bondage because if you put out 
a form of mind control that tends to emasculate strong men, what could have been strong men in a society, the state takes that much more power because there is no one there that is capable of resisting the state should the state go uh, totally tyrannical, which it has. And, you know, most men out there are just content to let this continue to go on and on and on because they're not strong men. They're totally emasculated little boys. You know, that's the truth of the matter. And that's why this neo-feminism agenda is propagated by the state. It's propagated by all the organizations that lie behind the state and comprise what I call the occultocracy. What we're really ruled by is the occult. We're ruled by dark occultists. You know, this whole idea, even in classical feminism, that there's a patriarchy in the world uh, isn't really accurate. There's not a patriarchy. There's not a matriarchy. Uh, you know, people think, well, oh, it's a corporatocracy. We're run by all the corporations. You know, even that is a misnomer because it goes so much deeper than just finance. You know, this is about control of the human soul, folks. If you haven't figured that out yet, you don't know what's going on in this on this planet. Okay, we're living on a farm where soul energy is being destroyed and harvested and eaten. You know, and this is. We live in an occultocracy, as I talked about last week, and that's what people really need to understand. Most people don't understand anything about the occult, let alone the dark occult. You know, they have no idea what it even is. You know, they have all their little religious beliefs, you know, but they don't want to learn about what's really going on behind the scenes, behind the corridors of power. Because it's just, it's unpleasant, it's uncomfortable, and most people don't want to hear about what's unpleasant and uncomfortable. You know, like I said, I'm not here to be your friend or be liked or to win a popularity contest. I'm here to explain to people what's really going on on this planet. So if they want to do something about it, then they're empowered with some information to actually do something and make some real world change. So, you know, we we talked about last week the mindset that most people are in, most women are in, and have been culturally conditioned to be in to look at uh, a relationship as a resource, you know, as, as a resource for them personally, as opposed to just, you know, looking for certain true characteristics, real strengths in an individual, meaning morality, you know, meaning, um, you know, care for truth, honesty in that true sense meaning true right action, meaning a deep knowledge of the difference between right and wrong behavior. In other words, conscience. These aren't the types of inquiries many women are culturally conditioned to make into men. No, they're culturally conditioned to ask the first question in meeting a new man uh, in their lives, what do you do for a living? You know, we brought up this big question last week. The, you know, the, the all-encompassing question that is usually the first question a man is confronted with when, you know, uh, having some interaction with a female in society. And I did a social experiment where I asked 75 people what the first question in casual conversation a woman asks a man after initial pleasantries like, what's your name, you know, are you single, uh, come up. You know, after that's done, the first question that after the initial pleasantries are exchanged, what 
is the first question that is asked. And 75 out of 75 people said, what do you do for a living? You know, I didn't ask people overseas. The, the dynamic might be a little bit different in other countries, but here in America, that's the satanic dynamic that's, that's going on. Because what it immediately says is, I'm concerned up front the, the most, not with what you're really like, you know, in your characteristics or personality, but I'm concerned about how much money you make because I equate that with security and a good man. Okay, that somehow is value in the majority of women's minds. And again, I don't want to use a blanket statement there. You know, I'm using a generality and saying the vast majority, not all, but the vast majority, to be honest. Okay. And for 75 out of 75 individuals, and then the caller that I asked that question blind to last week on the air, who gave the same answer, that's 76 people. For 76 out of 76 human beings to say the same answer to a question means that there is such universal cultural agreement to that dynamic that it's overwhelming. I, I, I joked last week, and I'm not re even really joking, uh, it's, it's actually pretty serious. If you went out on a street corner and stood there and 100 people walked by and you stopped 100 people and asked the question, what color a light does the sky refract on a completely cloudless day where there's no weather, where there's no, you know, perceptible weather. You, I guarantee you 100, 100 out of 100 of those people would not say the word blue. I, I guarantee it, folks. Okay? You'd get some other answer. But this, to this question, there's universal agreement. And that's saying something very specific and powerful about what's going on culturally in our world. You know, so this is the idea of psychologically being caught up in the idea of security and safety and seeing money as that blanket for security. You know, not harmony with morality, not understanding and living in harmony with natural moral law. No, absolutely not. How much money do you make? That's going to provide, you know, universal human security. You know, it's this idea that value is held in one place and one place only, and that's in the bank account, in the wallet. You know, and th this is the problem, folks. This is the problem that many women have been brainwashed and mind-controlled and culturally conditioned to think of this as the primary source of value. I mean, what does that say about where their value system is? In the aggregate. Again, not every woman is like that, of course. You know, but in the aggregate is what we're talking about here. If that, wasn't ag if that was not true in the aggregate sense, you couldn't have that kind of universal agreement that that's the first thing that is primarily on a woman's mind. And it just goes to show how deeply rooted this cultural conditioning is. See, the problem here becomes, as I've also talked about in past weeks, which I also want to reiterate because of how important this dynamic is to understand. Many men, specifically men, will get caught up in the idea, the erroneous idea, the erroneous notion that this is simply the nature of women, that this is the nature of a human being, or at least the the. Uh, sexual gender of women in our society, that this is their nature. 
this is a problem because that's not the case. This is not women's nature to be like this. This is how cultural conditioning and mind control has gone to work on the females of our species over countless years to turn them into someone that values money above just about everything else. And I'm not saying, again, please do not put words in my mouth and saying I'm making a blanket statement that all women exercise those behaviors and traits and characteristics. I'm saying it's going on so widespread that it is absolutely the rule as opposed to the exception. Okay? So understand clearly what I'm saying. I'm using, yes, I am using a generality, but I'm not saying everyone is like this. And I'm not saying it's their nature. That's what I'm specifically trying to explain to people, that this is cultural conditioning. This is mind control. This is brainwashing. And it's not even just done by the occultocracy, okay? This is done by parents. This is done by former generations and passed down to their children. And that's why I want to talk about the type of men, the type of man in society that women have been culturally engineered to find attractive or appealing, because this is so important when it comes to who women choose to propagate their genes with and therefore what the next generation becomes like and how then that's propagated down through the, coming, the, the future generations and we arrive at a point where we are now. Now you have to understand this long-term dynamic. These people in these groups think long-term. They've been planning this for countless generations. You know, where... People have been doing this who will never see the result of this because they're long gone from the world. You know, they're playing a long strategy game of chess because it's all about their group coming out on top of humanity, not them individually. They're involved in what I have termed a mastermind. You know, hundreds, thousands, even millions of minds coming together and being focused on the same goal and putting things into the world through their willpower and their dark form of care, what they want to accomplish, their base desires, and putting their actions into effect in the field of play in the world to actually accomplish that agenda. And this, this gets propagated through countless generations. You know, they're, they're implementing a long-term strategy Whereas most human beings, they don't see what's right in front of their face. They don't see down the line in the next five minutes. So, you know, what I would like to really get into here today to take this in some new directions, you know, I mean, you know, we talked about last week, not only about this whole value system and how there's, you know, most women are seeing, are, are taught, culturally taught to see money as the the primary source of value. I won't use the word only, but the primary source of value in society, you know, not real values. Okay. Um, and this expresses through what is known as hypergamy, which is, uh, looking to quote, you know, marry up in society, you know, to find someone who has a lot more money than them. Okay, and to try to, you know, in other words, like marry for money as opposed to marry because you really are genuinely into uh, the qualities and characteristics of the personality of the person that you're you're together with. You know, it's it's 
like taking this intimacy away from relationships and just making it about a social partnership like a business, you know? And it's a very dangerous game to get involved in playing because what it's doing is it's weakening the so the moral fiber of an entire nation, of an entire people. Because again, as long as money is propped up and put up on a pedestal and up on a throne as the primary value of a society, and this is not just done by women when it comes to looking at men. This is done by mothers when it comes to looking at children and fathers. Men are not separate from this dynamic. You know, many of them are just as guilty of making money the primary value system. You know, so you have to understand that term and research that term a little bit, hypergamy. But this is all about really how so few people in our society, men and women, care about the difference between right and wrong. The first question I think should be asked and when people are encountering new hu human beings that they don't know and haven't met is, do you know the difference between right and wrong? How about, do you know what's really going on in the world and do you care? You know, those questions you don't hear asked, you know. And it's often because most people want to ignore reality. You know, they're brainwashed by religion. They're brainwashed by this new age belief system that's out there that, oh, bring up the negative. You know, why do I want to deal with reality? Why do I want to look at that? Why do I want to look at all the bad stuff that's going on? That empowers it more. You know, that's not how that dynamic works. You know, you don't look at what's going on that's bad and negative and disempowering and that is being used to control people. You're going to get more of it because you're not doing anything to stop it. You're going to let evil run unchecked in the world. And that's where they have people. Me, me, me mindset. Money is the only source of value. And I don't care about the injustices that are going on throughout the world. I care about my, me and my own situation. And you know what that's called, ladies and gentlemen? That's called Satanism. I should know a thing or two about it as I was a priest in Satanism for many years of my life. You know, that's the mentality. That's the religion called Satanism. You know, people want to insist this is about the worship of some Christian archetypal devil beast. You know, no, it isn't. Satanism, that you could sum it up in a nutshell, folks. It's worrying about you and yours all day long, every day for your whole life or the majority of it. That's called Satanism. You're only focused on yourself and your own gain. You know, and that's where they have most people. And I mean, this is most men and women. But I, I mean, to be honest, I just see this dynamic really, really being sold to and bought by the majority of females in our society, unfortunately. This is why most marketing is geared toward women. Because they know that traditionally they were the people who, you know, directed homes and provided the nurturing environments of homes. And so they're going into kicking into high gear, you know marketing toward women and using all of these archetypal mind control brainwashing techniques to get into the subconscious mind and make them want in many cases things that they don't need you know it, it's approximately 85 or 86 percent of the entire economy is driven by purchases made by women i mean that's an amazing figure that's an amazing number. It's almost, it's about 85% of purchases. So they're driving largely, not entirely, of course, but largely the entire corporate economy with their purchases. I mean, what does that say? 
about how well, how effective the techniques of manipulation and marketing have been toward women. That number should probably be about equal. All things being equal, but they're not. Because due to the cultural conditioning and due to the way women have been brought up by their parents in many cases and the former generations, they've entered into this mindset that is about money being extraordinarily important to them. And to me, what what this is saying is not only do, do they not largely care about what's going on on a wider scale in our society, and this is evidenced by how many, uh, what by just looking at the ratio between men and women truth tellers, truth seekers, and truth tellers within the so-called truth movement. It's a painful statistic that most people don't want to look at, and then they'll want to get angry at me for pointing it out. You know, I mean. Compared to how many men are out there doing the great work of trying to expose the evil that's going on in this world, how many women are doing that in comparison, the comparative ratio, if we're honest with ourselves? We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. You know, before the break, I was asking the question, you know, why don't you see an equal amount of men and women within the truth-speaking community? Sir, clearly, there are many women involved, but if you look at the ratio, the comparative ratio, I mean, it has to be 90 to 10%, or if not you know, even more skewed. And, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, why is that so? If women in our culture were just as concerned with truth, morality, equality under natural law, uh, again, when we're talking about equality here, please don't, don't make that in your mind seem like I'm saying sameness. All right. I, when I say equality, I mean equality under natural law. All of us being equal in our rights. You know, so uh, I believe in equal, but not the same. Equal under true moral law, not man's law, but not the same. Meaning, of course, people will always have different characteristics, traits of their personality, talents, skill sets, etc. Nobody's going to be the same. You know, that's very important to emphasize when you talk about equality between any groups of people. When I say the word equality in those instances, I'm talking about equality under moral law. Meaning everybody has the same rights everywhere and at all times, at all times and places. So, you know, I just throw the question out there. I'd like to hear somebody attempt to answer it, you know. I don't think it's, I think it's part of this whole dialectical manipulation and this social engineering. I don't think it really has anything to do with women just being innately, you know, less courageous than men. I think they've been culturally engineered to behave like that. 
I'm not trying to let anybody off the hook either, you know. Uh, I'm just saying when we get into this argument that this is all about just the nature of people and this is human nature, this is female nature, red flags immediately go up for me that that means that person who's trying to make that statement really doesn't know what they're talking about because they're leaving the social engineering dynamic at the door or putting it on the back burner and they want to blame, quote, nature. You know what the nature of a human being is, folks? We are a programmable species. And because people don't understand the programmability of the human mind, they're thinking thoughts that aren't even their own. There's the nature of humanity. Until we understand that and understand how that programming is accomplished, we're not going to make any headway or progress out of the mess we've worked ourselves into. So get used to the slavery and get used to it getting a lot worse until you delve into those areas of human nature and human consciousness. You know, as soon as I hear somebody say human nature is this or that, and they don't follow that by saying human nature is programmable. Therefore, this is the resultant human condition as a result of the programming humanity has already received. And the vast bulk of that programming is received in the formative years, the first six years of life. And it's put there by culture, it's put there by the occult controllers, and it, largely it's put there by bad parenting. We'll pick this up on the other side, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be back after this break. what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom like the good book says. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking about the neo-feminism agenda this evening, as we've been doing for the last few weeks, and we'll probably continue to do for the next couple weeks at least. Uh, I want to start to shift this in uh, somewhat of a new direction and talk about the dynamics that have made the world the way that it is today. Uh, because that's a huge part of this. And I want to talk about how this agenda is indeed a eugenics operation and how it limits populations, but more than just limiting the population slowly over time, what this agenda accomplishes is it limits true holistic intelligence within a population over time. Not only does it limit true holistic intelligence, it maximizes the kind of people that the occultocracy is looking for. It enables them to breed and pushes out people by limiting the, the genetics of strong, independently thinking people by 
through mind control and selective breeding that is done by the people themselves, believe it or not, because of how much mental influence and manipulation they are under by culture, to actually weed that population right out of existence, practically, of strong, independent thinkers, of real, true, free thinkers, and people who question things, and people who do their own research instead of engage in blind acceptance. So it's a, it's a very critical dynamic to understand how it works, and it's also somewhat of a complicated dynamic. So you have to kind of follow me through here, because it's when you come out the under end with this understanding that I'm going to try to give to people, you understand how epigenetics is really, uh, I'm sorry, epigenetics is really going to work on people in the world. Okay. So epigenetics means that you go beyond the genes. And this means you're entering into the realm of the mind and consciousness. Okay, and epigenetics, understanding epigenetics is a huge part of the solution to the problems that we face because consciousness can trump just about anything that's going on genetically or physically. When you combine this understanding of epigenetics with eugenics, you, ha you get what I call epigenetics. Okay, and to my knowledge, I'm the first person that has coined that term. I haven't heard other researchers use it. I don't know if I am, but I think I may be. The whole point here is what you're doing is you're waging a eugenics operation, which is to control and limit and steer the population and decide who gets to propagate their genes or who lives and then continues the next generation and who does not get to propagate their genes. Okay? So eugenics is basically population control. It's not just population reduction. It's population control. It can be reduction, but largely it's determining what kind of traits and characteristics you want propagated in a society through the kind of genes that are going to be propagated. Okay? That's eugenics. Now, what I'm explaining that neo-feminism is, is it is an agenda that wages eugenics, meaning controlling which genes will be propagated in a society but done epigenetically, epigenetically, meaning it's done through the manipulation of the mind as opposed to things like forced sterilization or, you know, the relocation of certain people or the actual killing off of certain groups of people or segregating people. It's not done through physical means. It's done through the manipulation of the mind so that the population will actually carry out that eugenics operation upon itself. We'll continue with this analysis on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. In a river so deep We keep pretending That there's nothing wrong But there's a code of silence And it can't go on Boy, those words are truly prophetic and appropriate, aren't they? 
You know, there's a wall between us and a river so deep. And we keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. That's why I've broken my silence on this particular topic, even though I know full well going into a topic like I've been covering over the past few weeks on this show, I run the risk of alienating a large percent of my listening audience. Okay, I run the risk of being called a misogynist. I run the risk of, you know, saying uh, you're placing all of this blame on on females in society. And it's none of those things, folks. You know, first of all, like I said, I'm not here to win a popularity contest. I'm charged with telling the truth to people, putting the truth out there so people can empower themselves with it. You know, I'm not on any side. I'm on the side of truth and freedom. That's, that's the side I'm on. You know, those are my values. That's what I find important and indispensable in life. You know, I'll take those over being liked any day. Any day. So, again, this is about trying to heal this divide. And the only way you could do that is by talking about these issues. You know, you're not going to... Uh, get that by ignoring it, thinking it doesn't exist, and hope hope that it's going to magically go away on its own. I'll tell you that much. So, the direction I want to take this is trying to help people to understand how neo-feminism is a eugenics operation. An example of what I call epi-eugenics. And I'm going to kind of seemingly jump from kind of topic to topic from here, but you'll see how this all works together. Hopefully you will see the tapestry about how it all works together. So I'll just jump right in with uh, general attractiveness studies that have been done over the last few decades. And I'm not even going to give any specific examples because there's a ton of them and you can look them up for yourself, okay? Uh, maybe I'll post some links or something with you know a podcast or this week's show or next next week's show. Who, uh, who knows? But my, the main overarching point I want to make here in this section is that the perception of what people find attractive is actually largely not really their own. And by, many scientists and many people in society insist this is all genetically controlled, insist that you can't, you know, there's no helping that, or it's just the way that it is, okay? And that's just how people are, quote-unquote. We are just like that, quote-unquote. And what I'm trying to ex- explain is this is one of the biggest manipulatory techniques that is used in humanity, against humanity, and I think it, when you look into studies on general attractiveness that have been done about you know the sexes and what one sex finds attractive in another sex, I think it, it will really enlighten a lot of people as to just how deeply this social engineering is ingrained in our culture. And once again, you'll have the people in the left-brain scientism camp saying... This is just Darwinian evolution and natural selection and, you know, uh, survival of the, quote, fittest. Okay, and what I'm going to insist is absolutely incorrect. This is mind control. This is one of the blatant, most blatant and purest examples of mind control that you will ever find. 
And I'll tell you how, how one of the main ways you'll know. And you can't always just use this standard, okay? When things are so skewed to one side, you know there's mental manipulation going on, folks. I mean, completely skewed way off the median, way off the norm. There's nothing natural about that. When you get 100% of people to say the first question a woman asks to a man is what do you do for a living, to answer that question like that, that that is so universally agreed upon, you know that's, a, that's not nature, that's mind control. You know, nature strikes a balance and often forms a happy median. Not so when social engineering enters into the picture. That's what pushes things all to one extreme, to you know, one unnatural direction. And I'm going to try to, through you know, this section, try to explain one of these dynamics. And we'll see many other instances of this as we move forward with this explanation of how neo-feminism is, in fact, eugenics. If you can manipulate what one gender finds attractive in the other, you're well on your way toward being able to steer how a population propagates. And let's make mince no words and make no mistakes about it. Women decide in our society which genes propagate because they are the ones who are deciding who they breed with, period. I mean, it's an inescapable conclusion. Therefore, you have to ascribe responsibility for how the culture has propagated, how, the, how humanity has propagated to the female of the society. Now, I'm not saying they bear the 100% total responsibility for that, but a large amount of it has to be placed upon, upon their shoulders because they have, through whatever manipulation happens to be in place in their mindset decided who to breed with and therefore which genes get propagated in a society and then how those future generations will actually be raised because the value system that is shared between them and the men that they chose to breed with and propagate children with is then passed down to the next generation of children. I mean, this is just a simple, logical, inescapable truth. You know, that, that is how genes get propagated in a society. And that, then that's how value systems get propagated mentally in a society. And the occultocracy, the occult controllers, know this. And therefore, very wisely from their point of view, from their manipulative point of view, from their strategy, uh, it's a wise move then to very significantly target which target women in their mind control methods to try to steer them to choose the type of men that they want them to breed with. Therefore, they can control how the gene pool propagates down to the next and future generations. And they only need to get a few generations, which they've already done, in order for it to just take on a seemingly natural progression and propagate on its own, by rote. You know, then you have that self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, type thing where the they can even back off a lot of their influence and people will just do it to themselves because 
they're, they think they're thinking their own thoughts, and then they pass down those erroneous notions down to the next generation and the next and the next. So one of the best ways you could do this is by manipulating what people think of as desirable, attractive, period. However you want to look at that term, okay? What I'm trying to say is it's largely manipulated and it's not a natural dynamic that is in effect in nature in human beings in our culture today in the modern world. This is a manipulated dynamic and I think modern attractiveness studies that have been done by many psychologists and social scientists display this perfectly. What, how these studies generally work, and again, I, you could look these up on your own or I could maybe post a couple of links because there's many of them. Um, how they work is uh, they'll take a, a group of just men and individually they will isolate them. Let's say you have 100 men. Or let's say it's a bigger study, there's a thousand men, okay? And you're going to isolate them in a room by themselves one at a time. And they put a screen in the room, you know, no other distractions, just a projection screen. And they project images of women from all over the world, every culture, every walk of life, every just about every age group, every social income bracket, social status, what, however you want to look at it. It's a wide swath of you know, people from all different walks of life, of women from all different walks of life. And individually, the men are asked to simply give a um, kind of a yes or no answer of, do you find this woman that you're seeing on the screen acceptably attractive? And it's not like for long-term relationship or marriage or anything like that. It's just general attractiveness. I'll continue to explain this on the other side of the break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Of course, we're continuing to cover neo-feminism as an example of epigenics, as I've coined it. Uh, we were talking about how perceptions of beauty and perceptions of attractiveness are manipulatable and how this social engineering dynamic is used to the advantage of what I am calling the occultocracy, the ruling occultists in our society. And um, when you look at some of these studies, you could see how much manipulation is involved by the skewed numbers involved, which will really, really um, shock a lot of people. Um, I know friends that I brought this up, this dynamic up to, have been incredibly shocked by the figures involved. And um, that's what I want to share with people and explain how this 
these studies work. They're, it's, they're very simple. You know, uh, again, they'll take a group of about a thousand men, isolate them one at a time in a room, and show them images from of women from all over the world, every cultural walk of life, essentially. You know, every ostensible religion, background, age group. You know, and just say to them, simply gauge uh, in a, like a yes or no way. Do you find the image that you're seeing right now, the image of this woman that you're seeing right now, attractive or not? It is not for. Do you want? Do you think this person could be your soulmate, or could you stay with this person for the rest of your life till the day you die? Uh, would you want to marry this person? You know, nothing like that. Not even long-term relationship type things. Okay, it's just saying physically. Do you do you like the the image of this being? Period. Do, do you find it attractive? Do you find it desirable? Do you find it pleasant, pleasing? Period. That's it. Now, what they do after they, and they do this with literally hundreds of images, if not thousands, okay? And when that's done, they take basically um, a percentage. So they do it with one guy, right? And let's say he said uh, he found, you know, out of the, let's say they showed 500 images and he said 300 or, or let, let's see, he had he said, you know, 400 were attractive and 100 were not attractive. That would be 80 percent. Okay, if he found, you know, uh, 250 attractive, 250 not, that would be a 50 percent. Okay, and then they do this with all the guys in the study, and then they average the numbers. So you get an average percentage from all of these thousands of thousand people of the average percentage that the men as a group found attractive in in all the women that they saw okay and when they do this with men and show them these images of women the numbers are approximately somewhere between 79 and 80 percent around 80 percent um of the women were seen or perceived as attractive by the whole group of men in the aggregate, approximately 80%. So that means, in general, as a generalization, the body of men in a society find approximately 8 out of 10 females acceptably attractive. Now, you could say maybe the number slightly less than that, you know, uh, you know, you could, you could, it could go you know, there's a margin of error that could go either way, a couple of percentage points, but around the mean of very high 70s to low 80%. All right, so think about that. That's saying that men, in general, think that the majority of females uh, are reasonably attractive or reasonably acceptable in their appearance, period. That's it. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't say, you know, uh, that, you know, again, they would want to spend their entire lives with any particular people that they were shown or, you know, they thought there's not, says nothing about the personality types. This is, this is a study in physical attractiveness, very simply, okay? Now, when this is done with women, you see an entirely different dynamic emerge. So the same thing is done. 1,000 women are selected for the study. 
each one is put into a room individually and shown images on the screen of maybe, you know, a few hundred to a thousand men that are from every single walk of life, every cultural background, every religious denomination, you know, every social status, income, whatever, however you want to look at it, all ages, okay? And essentially, this, um, then they average up all those numbers, okay? So they take each woman's percentage of the men that she said, yes, that person's physically attractive, and then they average all of them once they did that with all of the women involved in the study. And I'll give you the average percentage on the other side of this break. So stay with us and you'll hear what that figure is, and I think you'll be amazed by it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. back everyone you're listening to what on earth is happening here on republic broadcasting i'm your host mark passio my website what on earth is happening.com so uh in the last segment i was explaining how a lot of these attractiveness studies that have been done uh to determine uh in the aggregate sense uh how men and women differ in their perceptions of what they find attractive or uh, appealing or you know acceptable in physical appearance differ, and how this is a very uh, specific example of um, one of the ways that um, human perception is manipulatable, and how this works toward the advantage of the social engineers, and I'll get I'll be getting into that, but. Uh, we were talking about that men, in the aggregate sense, uh, in these groups, found approximately 80% of the women whose images they were shown in this study acceptable. And when they did the same thing with women and then averaged the percentage of the amount, the total amount of uh, men whose images they were shown that they found physically attractive or physically uh, acceptable in appearance, the number was less than 20%. Yes, less than 20. We're not even talking about 50 or 40 or 30. Okay? The average numbers were approximately between 185 to 20% in different studies that were conducted. Which means less than or approximately 2 out of 10 men in our society 
are considered by women to be reasonably physically attractive. And again, this has nothing to do with relationships. This has nothing to do with personality characteristics. This has to do with simple physical appearance. Less than 2 out of 10. Now, I would, if I, upon seeing the results of these studies, I don't immediately start... My mind does not go to the place where most other people's mind goes to. Now, I'll tell you where their mind goes to, which is completely incorrect, erroneous thinking. It goes to this whole notion of, well, that's just biology. That's just, that's just, women have to be more selective in the choosing of a partner because, you know, a man can inseminate many women and a woman can only, you know, be impregnated once every nine months and then has to carry that baby to term and that's a big concern. So they're going to naturally be more selective. That has absolutely nothing to do with the results of this study, folks. Zero. Even if you were taking that factor into consideration, which I'm not saying is completely untrue, you would still see a medium being hit. And you might see a little bit less than 50%, but the number would probably still hover around 50%. Minimum. When you see something that's that skewed, there's mind control at work, without any question. This is social engineering at its finest because what the social engineers want is to be able to control population, and more specifically than that, what they want is to be able to control what kind of person propagates their genes and what kind does not. So, one of the best ways to do that is to manipulate what a certain gender, namely the gender that propagates the genes through their choice of who to have sex with and therefore who to breed with. If you can manipulate that mindset, that perception of what is considered or deemed attractive and then propagate that notion socially, culturally, in a widespread way, you're well on your way to being able to manipulate who breeds and who does not breed, which is what eugenics is, in a nutshell. And what they want to put forward to most women in society as to what is attractive is the emasculated male. This is what you see propagated in magazines, this is what you see propagated on television shows. This is what you see propagated in many movies. Not all movies. Ho- Hollywood is still kind of like a, a big divide going on between the dark sorcerers who are telling their tales and weaving their mind control tactics. And there are still some uh, you know, people who are telling some really powerful positive allegories out there. Uh, just as a brief aside to this, I did go to see Jupiter Ascending, which... I was somewhat disappointed in the direction that they took it. Um, I thought this this was going to be about the and and it, there was some info, very good info put in there about the real history of Earth and how Earth is a farm owned by beings that are not quite fully human. Um, this uh, this notion was interweaved into the into the storyline, but with this good promising storyline. 
they really took it off in the direction of like a you know a romance film kind of what i did find that was very well done or at least somewhat well done is since the main character was a female the jupiter character uh not to have any spoil overt spoilers but if you don't want to hear any you know minor spoilers then don't listen to this part um, she has to make a choice in the film. Main the film is all about her individual choice. She has to make a film about getting out, either staying in me, me, me thinking, and only caring about her and her her own life and her family's lives, her immediate family's lives, or taking on a wider level of consciousness and a wider perspective about what's actually happening to the human species, the human race. Who are being bred like cattle for harvesting. Um, and she has to make a decision whether to stay in that selfish mindset or to come out of that selfish mindset and develop true care for all. In other words, to come out of what you would consider um, philos form of love, which is familial type love, and to move to agape type love, which is care for all, care for the well-being of all beings. She does make the right decision in the film, which is, you know, a positive aspect of it. Um, I thought the premise of the film was great. I thought the implementation, the implementation of the film was weak, and uh, I was kind of disappointed by the Wachowskis' uh, implementation of it. But that's all I'll say about that. In my brief aside, I think it's still worth kind of checking out. Um, so, going back to these attractiveness studies. When you can manipulate an entire half of the population to only see a very, very, very limited scope of people in that society as attractive, okay, or as somebody you even would want to kind of be around or have dealings with, you're already steering the ability of many people within that society to propagate their genes at all. And... This is borne out in genetic studies. This is not just speculation. This is not just me saying I think it works like that. If you look at genetic studies about ancestry, about human ancestry, you find that the human species has largely been propagated by women's genes. In other words, more women propagate their genes than men propagate their genes. I know that sounds strange because you would think, oh, it would have to be a 50-50 figure, but that's not how it works, okay? It, what it means is that at any given moment, in general, only about 20% of men are actually impre you know, worldwide or impregnating women, and therefore approximately 2 out of 10 men propagate their gene downward into the gene pool stream in the future. Whereas approximately 80% of women are propagating their genes down into the gene pool. So when you look at why society has turned out the way that it has, again, you could say this is a harsh judgment, but you have to firmly look at the role of women in who they have chosen to propagate their genes with. Now, when you combine attractiveness studies that have been done between men and women and how they wildly diverge, and again, there are people who will staunchly stick to this genetics, Darwin, Darwinias, uh, Darwinism, survival of the fittest crap when it comes to that, and or then go to the false argument that this is just human nature, okay? 
they're completely ignoring social manipulation. They're completely ignoring social engineering. They're completely ignoring mind control. They're completely ignoring the role of advertising and placing images before people. You know, look, folks, in within Satanism, believe it or not, okay, I'll bring up a topic here that I didn't really plan on talking about, but it comes to my mind when we talk about studies like this. There's something that has been put forward in certain satanic groups or certain satanic philosophies called crystallization inertia. And when it comes to sexuality, this is something that I think people should be aware of and look into. When, when someone is young and they're exposed to certain imagery, it, it takes root in the subconscious mind. And people will think, well, preferences, you know, sexual preferences attractiveness preferences, things like that, are just ingrained and they're just part of somebody's DNA. I'm trying to explain to people, no, they are not. They are largely socially conditioned. Okay? They're driven by social engineering. They're driven by the types of images people are exposed to at young ages. And even if you look into this concept within Satanism, believe it or not, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to say is, even within any other ideology, you could find things that are true. You could find things that are worthy of investigation and study. Just because some Satanists have talked about this concept doesn't mean that people shouldn't look into it. It's called, it's called crystallization inertia, but in some groups like the Church of Satan, they use the term erotic crystallization inertia to talk about how sexual preferences are developed through exposure to certain visual stimuli, often at young ages. Okay, so um, I think it's worthy of people looking into because I think it illustrates my point. Through advertising, through, so, through media, okay, through television, through magazines, through movies, people are being influenced from young ages to decide what, to, to um, see certain things as attractive and other things as not attractive, and that's, that gets rooted into the subconscious and that gets taken with people throughout their lives. It's programming. This is what people don't want to understand. They want to understand that... They don't want to understand that we are a programmable race. We are a programmable species. And they, that's a very uncomfortable thing to them to look at because then they have to start looking at, well, who's doing the programming? Who's allowing bad programming to come in? Who's propagating bad programming? See, then responsibility comes into the issue, and that's why people don't want to look at this, you know? So, th this helps to illustrate the point of how attractiveness gets ingrained into people, often at very young ages, and that sticks with them subconsciously throughout their life. Well, that imagery has to be being put out there by someone, and they're these cultural engineers are using to steer the mindset of human beings, particularly women, again, because they know they're the ones who are ultimately responsible for the propagation of the gene pool, for the choice of which genes get propagated through the gene pool. And again, look into these genetic studies. If you don't believe me, look into them yourself. Look into, uh, you know, genetic studies show that, you know, more women have propagated their genes over time than men. And you'll see that it's true. And again, maybe I'll post some links with the show. Okay? So, this is one of the topics that I want to explain about how this is a eugenics op. Now, how that works then is 
out of the very small percentage of males that many females even find acceptable mentally, okay, they, the females mentally, through their perceptions, find acceptable to prop, to even socially engage, let's say, okay, at all, then you're going to have a smaller percentage within that 20% or so, you know, and it, it'll, of course, of women aren't just going to interact with those 20%, okay, socially. It'll be a much larger number that they interact with, but uh, the studies show that they will generally wish to engage any further relationships with about 20% of males because that's what they even physically find attractive. Then they'll weed that down by what they're looking for beyond just looks. And then that comes into this dynamic of hypergamy. And it, and it brings in the dynamic of, well, what is their communicated value system that they've received from their parents and the older generations and then you know how are they going to interact with this smaller percentage of males that they you know have already kind of weeded down from the the bulk of the male population and then they're going to say well moving forward into the future with more serious relationships or long-term relationships they're going to find the people who have those social characteristics that they find attractable, attractive and move forward with those individuals. So you're really talking about a smaller, an even smaller percentage of men. So what is happening as a result of this limitation within the perceived value, attractiveness and value of men is you're actually seeing population reduction happen. And people will say, how could you possibly say that? The world's more overpopulated and t you know tighter numbers of people than it's ever been. Wrong. W the world is not overpopulated. This is more social engineering and mind control. Cities are largely overpopulated and stacked with people b because they're concentrated focal points for populations, whereas we don't have distributed populations over the land. This, is, this could create the perception of overpopulation, and they want that because they want people on board with eugenics. Again, it's what I call mini-me Satanism. They want people thinking satanically. People who think satanically and agree with the tenets of Satanism are more likely to be manipulated and socially engineered and controlled. If they get people thinking in a lower-level way, like the real occultocracy thinks... We want to talk about declining birth rates in just about every westernized country on the other side of this break, folks. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Here on RBN, I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. So we talked about general attractiveness studies that have been done comparing what 
men and women perceive as acceptably attractive and how that wildly um, diverges. And uh, I use it as an example of uh, cultural engineering, social engineering to uh, divide men and women by manipulating, you know, what is even perceived as acceptable in both of their mindsets, but specifically in women. And, um, you know, when you, when you start to control uh, things like what people find attractive, acceptably attractive, etc., this is going to have a long-term effect. And because there's this much more tightly controlled selection that you see happening, birth rates are actually falling. Folks, I mean, you know, people don't even understand this. They, they think like because the world's population in general is going up that somehow that means we're overpopulating the planet. The population rate is rising in destitute areas and destitute countries. And this is largely a survival mechanism where in the mindset of people who are living in, in totally destitute conditions, they will often think the best way of propagation is to have a lot of children to hope that some of them survive and then maybe come out of this condition. It never really usually works out like that, but that's, the, that's what a survival-based mindset generally does. So you're seeing totally destitute third world countries, populations rising, and believe me, the powers that should not be, the occultocracy, doesn't like seeing that either. They want to conduct harder core eugenics on those people, largely through, you know, the kinds of poisons they want to hit the children with when they're as young as possible, or just hit them with genetically modified food that's going to reduce their fertility. You know, that, that they're, they're going to a more hardcore type of eugenics when it comes to that. In westernized societies, they're using these epigenetic eugenics techniques, what I call epi-eugenics, which is waging this uh, war of weaning down the population by getting the population to do it themselves because they're thinking thoughts that are not really their own and believe that they're their own thoughts when these thoughts have been socially uh, conditioned into them at very early ages, often in their formative years through media and also through the propagation of that those forms of mind control through bad parenting so i want to give some figures at the top of the next hour before we start taking calls just to complete this section and we'll continue this next week on what the actual birth rate here in the united states actually is and you'll understand our population is going down not up We'll pick that up on the other side of this break. Folks, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. Stay with us. We'll be back.
it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're into the third hour of the show for this evening. We're talking about the neo-feminism agenda, how it is a methodology of eugenics, and it's what I call epi-eugenics, eugenics waged through mind control. I was getting ready to talk about declining birth rates, particularly in Western countries, and all you got to do is type into a search engine, you know, birth rate figures, and you'll see that the birth rate is below the necessary requirement to propagate the population, to maintain uh, a steady number, to maintain, you know, uh, a population that's neither rising nor falling, you need a 2.1 birth rate, which means that you have 2.1 births per two people. And the reason you need a little bit more than two per two is because there's unnatural deaths that happen, you know, in society. And uh, that accounts for, you know, a slightly uh, higher death rate. So the birth rate has to be at about 2.1. So it's slightly above a natural, you know, death rate uh, at the same time as people are born. So the, the, the birth rate has to be 2.1 per two people for the population to maintain a steady number without rising or falling. Currently, the birth rate in the United States is approximately 1.84 to 1.85, depending on whose numbers you're looking at. That is well below the rate that is necessary to maintain a steady population. So the actual population overall within the United States is falling, not rising. And it's, if you look up every, just about every other, quote, westernized country, okay, industrialized country, the figures are approximately the same, if not worse, than the United States. Some of them are, in many cases, lower than 1.8. The United States is right about in the middle of 1.8 per two people. The, again, depending on whose figures you accept. But recent numbers have shown approximately 1.85 is the birth rate in the United States. So we are not, we don't have an overpopulated world. We have overcrowded cities. And that's how the occultocracy wants it. That's how the occult controllers want it. They want people crowded into regions where they could be easily herded and controlled. They don't want them being around nature, a natural environment, you know, and you know they they want to try to wean this population down as as much as they can but moreover than that they want to take out the qualities and characteristics within the population that they do not want propagating and therefore they have to propagate the notion of attractiveness to the female who chooses who to propagate genes with down to the next generation they have to make the acceptability or the um, uh, 
characteristics for attractiveness be ones that are hand in hand, go hand in hand with the propagation of this immoral system. In other words, men that are acclimatized and go along with and agree with the corporate world. Okay, and this is why they have to ingrain into women that money is so important, that it's the number one important thing, that it is the source of value, that it is the source of security. Forget morality, forget ethics, you know, truth, what's that? Who cares? Reality couldn't be bothered with it. It's working splendidly, folks. And the population is actually dropping as a result. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before I go to the calls, uh, I want to uh, give the call-in number once again. The call-in number, toll-free, to join us here on What on Earth is Happening is 800-313-9443. Once again, the call-in number, toll-free, 800-313-9443. I'll be going to the phones in just a few minutes. But I just want to give people a little bit of a preview of what's coming up on future shows. So, of course, I'll, I'll wrap up the, the topic there. Unless, you know, we go into a lull with calls, then I'll jump back in with some more material. But, um, you know, I, I concluded there in the last segment with the falling birth rates in westernized countries, which are easily, you know, able to be looked up on any search engine and confirmed. Um, this is showing how this is a eugenics operation, which is very much working. Uh, it's a brilliant strategy. It's a multifaceted plan. I don't expect anybody to understand all the facets or intricacies of the plan by just listening to one show. You'll have to understand this section of neo-feminism in its totality by listening to all the shows I've done on this topic, but then compare it and contrast it and put it into the larger puzzle picture with all the other things that I've covered since day one on this radio show, which is why I always recommend listen to the show in order from number one uh, uh, at your own pace because it is a tapestry of information. And uh, you can't build the things in the later sections without building a firm foundation at the beginning Uh, So this is a stepwise progressive initiation into uh, knowledge and into the truth about what's really going on in the world and how this society is 100% completely manipulated and controlled. And that's done through social engineering or otherwise mind control. So uh, I'm going to take this topic into, um, it's so necessary to destroy sex drives, you know, and propagate a genuine lack of inti- a lack of genuine intimacy in society that's another big part of what's going on that's fomenting the further war and tension between the sexes in society uh, you also want to take one side if you're the government or you're the controllers because that's also going to drive a wedge further in between men and women and we could look at some of the ways that you know women kind of are benefited by 
government and benefited by the whole immoral system that's propagated up around us and how many of them like it like that. They like to take advantage of those, quote, perks and see government as a protector or a daddy figure. And this always comes from um, parental abandonment issues. You know, just like all the people who want the nanny state have mommy issues, uh, the people who want protection by this immoral institution called government often have daddy issues. So, you know, we'll talk more about how this fits into uh, parental abandonment issues as well, because that cannot be overstated. Uh, destroyed sex drives through lack, through um, 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 overworking people, um, the type of uh, pop culture that they're sold and, and how that is propagated into their mindset through food, water, chemicals, uh, radionics, chemtrails, you know, all of that goes to work on people's libido as well. So we'll be getting into how they actually not only use, you know, uh, manipulatory tactics regarding attractiveness and, and values, but how they do it often physically as well. To, to make people not want to prop, propagate their genes by destroying sex drives. We'll talk about how women have been hypersexualized and yet in many cases through family and, and popular culture discouraged to have healthy sexual lives. Um, I'm going to get into sex being used for manipulation, um, social media's role in the further dividing of men and women because people can't see how that's going on in many cases they think it's you know uh, made people more social and 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 brought people closer together when in fact it's actually created driven quite a wedge between people um you know so and we'll we'll talk about men's reactionary movements toward what has been done and how women have been conditioned in our society and men's reaction to that you know what has been We'll look at, you know, certain attitudes within like MRA, men's rights activism movements and things like that. The MGTOW movement, uh, which stands for men going their own way. Uh, the, this concept called the sexitus, which is another big thing about like men dropping out of society, not even wanting interaction with women as a result of, you know, this dynamic that I've been talking about of the neo-feminism agenda. So this will be coming up on future shows. I'll be getting into all of these topics and more. Uh, probably take at least another couple of weeks to go through it. But like I said, this will take as long as it takes because I think it's such an important dynamic to deeply understand. So I'll stay on this topic for as long as it takes to thoroughly, to my satisfaction, cover uh, the issues that I want to talk about. After that, I'll be going uh, into, I'll probably be giving my um, uh presentation that I just gave at Philadelphia Liberty on the Rocks uh, called The True Meaning and Purpose of the Second Amendment. I will probably take a whole show and give that presentation in an extended form live on the air with slides. Uh, even though I'll be posting the video of it, I'll probably do it as a radio show, an extended podcast with slides. So um, that's coming up because I want to re-emphasize the importance of gun uh ownership rights and re-emphasize the importance of the Second Amendment in general. Um, I'll probably be doing an entire series on the occult history of Nazism, of the religion called Nazism, um, in, in a future show, and going into all the occultists who fomented that religion and brought it to the forefront in the early 
uh, and mid part of the 20th century. So uh, that'll be a series coming up on what on earth is happening. And then I'm going to go back into solutions in future shows and talk about uh, what I feel is a, um, a social informational warfare technique. A social informational warfare technique that, to my knowledge, I have never heard proposed by anyone. And I have a name for it. I call it maven targeting. Maven targeting. I'm going to try to make this popular. I'm going to try to spread this to as many people that have the capacity to understand what it is and how it might work in society. And that's all I'll say about it for now. I kind of hinted at it before, but uh, we'll be getting into this these and many more topics in coming weeks. So uh, let's go to the phone lines and hear what people have to say. I would prefer to keep it on the topic of neo-feminism in general, although there are never taboo topics on this show. So, you know, if people want to bring it in a different direction, uh, you know, I I won't stop them from doing it, but I'd like to hear calls on the neo-feminism agenda, if if at all possible. So uh, let's go to the phone lines and let's hear from Ray in Oregon. Ray, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hey, Mark. Uh, absolutely brilliant. It just, it really, it really was. It, the, the, you just, you nailed it. You're on, man. This is really good stuff. Uh, and you looped it back around for me by by hitting the population. I just got in a big fight with my neighbor. It was about population. So the first thing I'd say, or I'd ask you is, uh, we, we, you say you can just get these anywhere. Where did you get your stats for the population Oh, many, many different places. Um, You know, you can compare and contrast this. All you have to do is type um, world birth rates. That's it. You know, Uh, and you can get them for any country. You just type into any search engine you prefer birth rates for the countries of the world. That's it. And you could go to any number, an enormous number of sources and see how certain different sources will, will vary slightly. But in general, they don't vary very drastically. And the okay. United States, I only have one in my notes tonight, in the notes that I was taking when I was preparing the show. Uh, the, the, the average percentage uh, or number of the birth rate, it's not a percentage, it's how many people are actually, per two people in society, are actually having children and propagating their genes, period. It's 1.84 per two people. That's the average. Uh, again, you could see it as there's certain sites that might cover it as 1.85, 1.86. I'm leaning toward the little bit lower end of where, where most people had it, but it was around 1.85. So okay. I've seen many sites listed as 1.84. Now, uh, it needs to be I, at 2.1 to propagate a steady population. Right, right. Uh, I would take it in just a little. I got a, a question and then another follow-up question. As I'm, as I'm going you know, through life and I'm doing my best to... Uh, uh, to do this great work, and I'm trying to wake people up. I understand, I think, uh, enough about it to, to know it's important. I've alienated pretty much. I'm not very good at it, I don't think, but it doesn't shut me up. I, I just, I, I know all I have to do it. Well, sure. as I'm looking at this, it becomes very apparent that there is a great amount of people that just ain't going to make it. They're just, they're, they're <laughs> calcified, they're hardened, yep. they have no spiritual... You know, place to even touch down, and uh, those uh, people, those people will mentally wake up in a concentration camp. (laughs) 
That's the level of suffering that will be required, unfortunately, Ray. Ray, stay with me. I'll hold you over into the next uh, section. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. How appropriate, folks. Phenomenal lyrics from the great band Spirit Caravan there. Wake up from your sleep if it's your soul you want to keep. I think, you know, can't be any more synchromystic or time-appropriate with what Ray was uh, bringing up before the break, the last break hit us. Uh, Ray, you were talking about um, how people that you try to bring these topics up to are so mentally calcified and resistant to learning and understanding the truth about what's really going on around them. You want to continue with that line of thought? They will fight you to the death, won't they? I thought my neighbor went in his house to get a gun and I thought he was going to shoot me. All we were talking about was population, but my, my bigger question on this is, Okay, so the people that, that finally do wake up in the concentration camps, the ones that don't, when they die, where do you think their next wheel of pain is going to be? Do you think it's on the Earth, or do you think there's other planets? Oh, absolutely. Without it, I mean, that, if you're asking my belief about that, do can I say I know that definitively? No. But uh, it, my belief is you're not going anywhere. Anywhere. You're going to stay here till the lesson is understood deeply. And, you know, it'll take as long as it takes, as I say. Like, it, like I say, it'll take as long as it takes to cover this, this topic. It'll take as long as it takes for the soul's journey to progress into higher levels of awareness. And it, it may, may not, ha- you know, that'll happen for as long as the earth is here. You know, right. who knows? I mean, if we really, really go overboard and do something destructive to the earth to affect its ability to carry life. You know, I don't know if we'll go so far as to actually physically destroy the planet, but I, I think we could do something to the atmosphere uh, and the land and water that makes it toxic enough that we won't be able to live on it, and then this species will go away. But I think spiritually, the, the beings, the souls, will still go to some place that can uh, 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 carry life and will have similar circumstances so that they have to learn the same lesson. You're not escaping the lessons because the lesson is embedded into the fabric of creation. You know, it's the will of creation to pro- to move consciousness to higher and higher levels. That's the will of creation. That's the syntropic force that is driving everything ultimately in consciousness. And it counteracts and moves against to, to act as a sharpening grinding stone, if you will, of that blade, the force called entropy, okay, or the the chaotic force, the force that wants to hold that progress of real evolutionary development and consciousness back, and it gives it something to essentially work against. Unfortunately, the people that you're referring to have just been caught up in that chaotic entropic force, that force of entropy, that force of dissolution, the the the, the moral decay, the total ignorance. 
you know, the apathy, the laziness, the cowardice, etc. And they're just swept along by that current. They're not engaging the will. And they're not engaging the will because they don't have enough care and they don't have enough knowledge. And that's the only, those are the only forces that absolutely must be developed in order to create positive real change and to change the actual conditions. There are requirements, built-in requirements to changing what the conditions are that we already have. And unless those requirements are met, conditions do not just magically change themselves. So Those people know, do not uh, want to understand that dynamic. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, you know, uh, Steiner postulates that, and I was going to tie this in with, you've heard of the uh, the cult of Saturn, right? Of course, That's, absolutely. The Saturnian cult is one of the aspects of the old cultocracy, without any doubt. You know, you right. see this evidenced all over the place uh, in judiciaries, you know, judges wear the black robes, you know, the whole education system, you're rewarded in graduation with this black robe and black square, you know, uh, without any question. The Saturnian symbol is everywhere in, in advertising, you know. Uh, they consider this, you know, one of the gods of the ancient world, El, you know, w was Saturn. And, uh, you know, it, it generally equates with the, the disciplinarian, the chaotic principle, this force of entropy as well. Saturn is uh, an adversary, an opposer. It, it could be equated to the concept of Satan in many cases, but uh, without a doubt, this is the uh, absolute control freak. There is a religion of control freakism, is the way I would put the whole Saturnian priesthood. So without any question, uh, you know, uh, the Saturnian priest class is part of what I refer to as the, the network of dark occultists, the occultocracy, as I'm going to continue to refer to it in the future, because I personally like that term. <laughs> That's enough. Um, now, here's what Steiner says. He says the ones that don't make it in this turn, that, that do calcify and turn off and will not have anything of it, mm -hmm. that that is where they go. They go there. So what do you think about the, I, where do we go? If, we, if we've, you know, learned our lesson, what, uh, what's our next step? Do we, you know, if so, I said the word avatar to you, would, uh, does that mean anything to you? Um, well, you know, to start with this, the Steiner reference, um, did, did he think that they would go there physically, or would this be some sort of a spiritual uh, imprisonment there for a time? Because I'm not certain that uh, Saturn would have a, a physical atmosphere capable of supporting our kind of life. So right. is he talking three-dimensional, or is he talking in a spiritual dimension of some kind? I got the impression that it would be spiritual. Interesting. Silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. But there's a code of silence and it can't go on. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're taking your calls for the next two segments until the end of the show. Call free, toll-free number to join us, 800-313-9443. 
I want to thank Ray for his call and bringing up the interesting points that he did. Let's hear from Brandon in Boston. Brandon, you are live on What hey. on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Mark. Absolutely. Right, what do you have so, for uh, us? Uh, can you hear me? Am I yes, sure? I can. Okay. Um, uh, I think this is a very important topic. I'm glad that um, you're uh, dedicating a lot of uh, episodes to it until it becomes resolved because this is a huge, ginormous topic. Um, and uh, uh, I kind of got turned on to this through uh, Michael Tessaron's work on the female yes. women audience. Yes. What he talked about the Nephilim and the fallen ones who mated with the women, and but what he brings up out of all this literature and mythos is that there was no protest on behalf of the women, right? And so, therefore, you have this sort of seducing uh, fallen angel type, right? Sure. Sort of literary, environmental consciousness, media, what we call now. Well, in in many account, in many accounts, they they wanted to quote they they wanted to. Uh, breed with the gods because of their capabilities through their technology and through the influence that they held with the other beings that that came here and did what they did to humanity and and many of them like you looked at law well, that's a better position to be in than just the lowly you know slave species you know it's this whole concept that people in a situation of control or slavery will often participate with their enslaver or the system of enslavement that they are actually in just to have a so somewhat more comfortable place within that system of enslavement. Right. Yeah. And it's and totally unconscionable, you know? Sure. And that's unproven, you know? Uh, but, um, you know, he brings up the fact that, like, you know, um, you know, why do why is every country named after a woman, a goddess? Europa, every continent is named after a, a goddess. Sure. Um, but he also says that they probably had that technology. And I think it was Isaac Asimov who said that technology at some point becomes indistinguishable from magic. From magic. That's right. So it yep. must have been, you know, it could have been some sort of magic that sort of unlocked the mob zone of the tantric zone of the uh, seduction woman, which comes through us through the vampire. Now, in that literary um, consciousness meme, if you want to say it like that, um, well, that, that's exactly what those allegories are about. The, the seduction of the woman by the vampire class. You know, this is the, the class of the occultocracy class, the occult controllers, who are not quite human, quote-unquote. They're psychopathic. You know, they have all these resources and capabilities at their disposal, which is almost like magic. And then the women are seduced by that and want to be a part of that whole system when it's actually feeding off of them and everyone else around them. Uh, that's a right. perfect example. The whole yeah, vampire Brandon. allegories, absolutely, Brandon. Great, and great point. To see and to see how now take it one step further to see how it um, merges into the neo-feminist agenda. And by the way, I'm loving the um, the uh, the terms you're coming up with here, like the alcatocracy and um, yes. oh, all good stuff. Um, but um, the Twilight series. Um, yes. Now we have vampires who are um, vegan. Okay, so you have this effeminate vampire. Right. So I think that series, um, and it's, it's interesting, if you, like, I, I hate it, right? But um, it's interesting to study if you're going to study um, uh, the children who are exposed to this stuff. And you, if it's, you, it's, it's like the, the, the kind of gothic, gaunt look, the super Potter. thin. Right. 
you know, it, it's it's putting this aesthetic out there into society, and you know, this whole gothic type mindset as well is largely about like not caring. You know, I was just saying like it, it's become cool not to care. You yeah. know, you know, not to know about what's really going on, not to care. You know, to be to 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 be seen as somebody who really deeply cares or is emotional and cares about things that are really going on is seen as oh, what do you want to be like that for? That just leads to stress, and that just leads to uh, you know, you being disappointed. You know, this whole idea of destroying the heart energy, destroying real care for for the the suffering of 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 human beings and all beings you know that that has to be destroyed and i'd say that's a big part of this whole agenda as well i mean that's a a part of the the whole occult agenda in general but it plays into the neo-feminism agenda as well yep and one more thing i just said you know from this as my personal experience okay with Mm -hmm. women um, right. They're reacting to an awakened man. I mean, I'm, I don't call myself awakened, but like on the process of being awakened. Sure, I, I I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, they they go through these stages where they're like, wait a sec, they're not awakened or whatever. They'll say, uh, uh, well, he's not like ninety percent of the man slobs I know, or the right. fa- the horrible father figures and mothers that I've been grown and groomed to love. So, a he must be gay. Or B, um, I'm just going to deny that, you know. Right. And they actually go through the stages of grief, and then they finally come to some kind of acceptance. You know, it's a very fascinating. I don't think anybody psychologist has really talked about that. I mean, Carol Gilligan or something like that. It's maybe. it's definitely but, uh, a very difficult thing for people trying to cultivate any kind of a relationship with the opposite sex, mm-hmm. if one of the members are quote unquote awakened and uh, very aware of what's going on and the other is not and is in that uncomfortable state of not really wanting to be awakened not really wanting to know and i've seen you know relationships either totally broken up over it or in in some cases the the person who is awakened capitulating because they want to stay with that person out of comfort reasons and deciding I'm going to tone down my rhetoric I'm going to tone down my action when it comes to exposing things and speaking the truth and you know what that's the worst place to be the worst place anybody can be ladies and gentlemen if you are in a position where you know you have responsibility to the truth and you shirk it because of the Philos or eros form of love. Again, I explained the three different kinds of love before. In in the Greek mystery traditions, there were three words that were used to express love or love energy. There was eros, which is romantic love between a man and a woman. Philos, which is familial love or the love shared between friends or and other family members. Okay. Then there was agape, and agape is love for truth. Love for all beings, love for justice, love for freedom. In other words, alignment with the will of creation for higher consciousness. That is what agape represented. If someone shirks agape for either eros or philos, meaning romantic or familial or friend kind of love, and they stop engagement in and propagation of truth as a result in my estimation that is the worst spiritual place to be in the universe that's it yep 
I want to I want to really thank you for your call, Brandon. Phenomenal points that you brought up there. Uh, let's hear from Jim in Connecticut. Jim, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Uh, very interesting show. I wasn't aware of uh, some of these things you've been bringing up. I have two questions. Uh, first question is, is uh, do you know what the age range of these male-female attractive studies were? Yes, it was, uh, I believe, and I, don't hold me to this, but I believe they were conducted from 18 all the way up to like 60 or, or 65 years of age. So it was a wide swath of people. It was a, a, a whole age range of adults. You know, I don't so know if they went over the late 60s or not, but, and again, I, I don't want to say that definitively, but there were many different studies, so I'm sure some of the age ranges varied, okay? But it was all adult men and women that were part of it, and I would say the age ranges were pretty much uh, all over the board. So it wasn't pinned to... Um, uh, Young people? No. Emails. No. No, it, it, it was all over the age spectrum. Okay, my uh, last question was, is, do you have any information or uh, knowledge of who specifically is behind this manipulation? Uh, sure. I, I gave plenty. You could probably find rosters of people on any of the given groups that I mentioned. You know, um, look up people who are members of the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations the Rockefeller Foundation, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Club of Rome, lots of other international think tanks, members of the Central Intelligence Agency. You know, I mean, look up there's the, the, the Bilderberg Group uh, annual meeting. Uh, their, their, their whole membership, is it, it comes out almost every single year. Look, at, look up just about any name on that, and there are people who are involved in the, these types of mental manipulation. You know, definitely looking at Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. I mean, if people aren't familiar with that mind control think tank, they don't really even understand where so much of the social conditioning comes from. And people want to say that's just a conspiracy theory. Let me tell you something. These are the most advanced psychologists, occult psychologists in the world who know all the intricacies of how the human psyche operates, how it can be manipulated, how it can be steered, how it can be directed. They're shaping human perception. They're controlling human perception. Once you do that, you own people's behavior. When you own their behavior, you own their soul. Look into all of those groups and more. I'd recommend going back into my work in the, in the past, and I talk about many of the different think tank groups in the section on who are the occult controllers. In, in the podcast how, early on. How do you spell this? Is it Tavistock? Yes, it's T-A-V-I-S-T-O-C-K. Tavistock. Institute of Human Relations. Okay. Thank you. There's a phenomenal book by uh, John Coleman. C-O-L-E-M-A-N. John Coleman, who is a uh, uh, historian who has done brilliant work in uh, exposing the machinations uh, and the mind control that is put out there by the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. Many other researchers as well, but John Coleman's is particularly excellent. I recommend it. Thank so you thanks. Again. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for the call, Jim, and uh, let's hear from Jonathan in Kentucky. Jonathan, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Mark, long time no see. How you been, brother? Doing well. Yourself? Uh, yeah. 
Um, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom we have, especially with uh, the way society and humanity functions. Um, but I really wanted to give a word of encouragement, if that's okay. Sure, go right ahead. Um, you know, I look at I look at how we all are on this planet, and we always ask ourselves, why are we here? Why is it like the way it is? And the only thing I can come to is what better time in the universe to be on this planet in, in physicality to repel this oppression? Because if we don't do it yeah. here, how do we deserve to be anywhere else? That's right. You know, you know I, it's funny that you even mentioned that because I was just saying this. That, you know, people always talk about escape, but, like, what better of a place to be where the action is at, you know? It's like, this is where the work is to be done. This is our our work. This is our goal. And and not so much spiritually, but uh, I highly consider that it has to be in our DNA. We are connected to this planet, and maybe we incarnate here because of our DNA resonates with it. And we, we are the white blood cells of this planet, the awakened ones. I kind I, I kind of like that approach. I, I kind of like what you've laid out there. You know, I, I don't think escape is the answer. I don't think looking to other dimensions, other times, other places is the answer. I think we are here for a very specific reason, and that is to accomplish the great work of changing the consciousness of the people of this planet. Because I fundamentally know in my DNA, in my soul, in my resonant energy within my being that the universe abhors slavery the universe wants freedom for the different aspects of itself it doesn't want the beings of any particular planet to be enslaved it wants for us to know the truth and be free as a result and we do that by bringing by understanding the the psyche by understanding the aspects of the self through self-knowledge, and then through knowledge of the laws of nature and bring our behaviors into alignment with those laws so that we can co-create wisely and consciously. And that's what, that's what the will of the universe is for us to learn those things. It doesn't want slavery. It wants to see this condition called the human condition of slavery ended. And that's the work that we are here to do. That is our mission. So, Jonathan, I thank you for those words of encouragement. I think people should take them to heart. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I had one one more quick thing to ask, and I'll sure. take it off. Uh, um, did you uh, like your uh, occulted tactical hat? <laughs> I did receive it, and thank you. Yes, I loved it. It had the flower of life on the front, and it had uh, uh, the tag anti-Archon on the back, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, thanks Maybe for that gift. I didn't realize that that was you who sent that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, if you notice, my last name is from... Uh, southern sicily too and my family crest if we're talking about dna is uh, a dove or a pigeon with an olive leaf in its mouth i just wanted to throw that out there oh but, uh, interesting thanks so much uh, thanks for letting me know that that was you that sent that uh folks i get a uh, great um uh little gifts occasionally sent from listeners that are really well uh very thoughtful and uh very appropriate as well so uh absolutely thanks so much for that jonathan thanks for the great call uh, let's hear from Sterling in Texas. Sterling, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Doing well. Yourself? I'm great. Um, I just wanted to bring up 
a few things about um, going back to parental abandonment. Sure. Uh, I think that the perfect movie that, or at least that I've seen, on that just sums up the human condition of parental abandonment would be King of the Avenue. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I have not. Um, thanks for the recommendation. What What is it generally about? Um, fantastic movie. Uh, basically, what happens, uh, this young white boy grows up and uh, he was adopted by a drug dealer, um, this black man. Ster- Sterling, and, hold uh, on right there. We're coming up to a break. I'll let you continue this in the last segment. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll be right back. See, when they try to show... Welcome back, everyone. Final segment for What on Earth is Happening this evening. We were talking to Sterling in Texas. Uh, Sterling, I'll let you continue. Uh, Thank you. Well, I'll try to make it quick for the other callers, but uh, basically what happens is uh, the young white boy, he uh, grows up with this uh, heroin addict mother, and uh, he always has nightmares about it. He's haunted by his childhood and uh he never knew his father and so he was adopted by this uh black man this kingpin and so what ends up happening uh he was murdered and uh obviously he sees all these traumatic things while he's alive but uh so he grows up to become a kingpin and uh he uh he he battles in the movie or he's he's in conflict in the movie for uh, King of the Avenue is what they call it. Um, I guess just to have control over his region. Um, so this other guy gets the position for King of the Avenue, and uh, he was threatening to kill his family because his father killed his father. Is it is this making sense? Am I yes. Okay, Um, so what happens is he was so traumatized and I I guess uh, programmed somehow uh, that he has this vision, this encounter with the devil in his living room and uh, he makes a proposition, a deal, as he usually does and uh, he says, he promises him safety, he promises him... uh, to allow him to become king of the avenue, um, if well, I, I guess he was just—he was basically just saying that he needed him to become the king of the avenue, and um, he would have to summon a demon in order to do so. So, what he has to do, or what he did, was 
he went to the grave of his father and dug up the corpse because the devil said that he needed a conduit. So I guess that means that, like, subconsciously, that um, that traumatic experience would manifest in, into, you know, the demon that would possess him. So I mean, it, it's it's truly amazing how parental abandonment issues that create trauma are truly reflected and carry energy throughout most people's lives. And because it works at such a subconscious level in many cases, people don't even recognize the power that that kind of trauma has in their lives and don't work to eradicate it because they don't even recognize it. It's like this is going on all over society, both men and women. You know, and this is why we have to call attention to issues like this and understand that in many cases, this is driven by unresolved trauma that happens during childhood. And then the behaviors that we're conducting are actually uh, done subconsciously without people even realizing what the real causal factors of the of those behaviors are. Thanks so much for the call, Sterling. Great points. Uh, good movie to look into. I'll be doing that. That's all the time we have for this issue of What on Earth is Happening, folks. Remember, there are only two mistakes that one can ever make on the path to truth. Not starting and not going all the way. Thanks for listening tonight. We'll see you right here next week.